This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. A podcast hosted by Goiko Waikato. We are a voice for the environment, a centre for learning, and a catalyst for change. Our team works across four work streams kai, biodiversity, transport, and enterprise. They intersect at climate action and honouring Tititi as a Toiwi organisation. If you missed last week's ep- uh, podcast, search for Hepuna Korero on your favourite podcast platform or find the podcast tab at the top of the Goiko Waikato Facebook page. Today you are joined by Hannah Huggin, myself, community organiser for GoEco, where I lead the Climate Action Hub, a co-papa that builds community to catalyse systemic change in the Waikato region. Today, I'm also joined by Bree Marvin to talk about her climate action journey, a fundraiser, her fundraiser for Pacific Climate Warriors and Sioux Thai Ocean Fellowship, and young people in the Waikato Regional Council. So kia ora Bree. Uh, thank you so much for coming in today and joining us. Would you like to begin by sharing a bit about yourself? Um, yeah, sure. So I'm currently studying the Bachelor of Climate Change at the University of Waikato, and I'm in my second year. Um, so I'm super into the outdoors, the ocean, um, pretty much anything conservation-based. And yeah, that's kind of led me to where I am today. I really love sport, running, and that's kind of all of that accumulates to me Um leading to my fundraiser cool and what about like um where you're from and how you ended up in hamilton yeah so i'm from auckland i ended up in hamilton to study at the university of waikato um i originally started studying a bachelor of science and quickly um discovered there was a bachelor of climate change and leaped over to study that um but yeah no i came down here to the waikato for the amazing environment, the people, and of course, the union campus life. So the Bachelor of Climate Change, is that how you got into climate action? Yeah, so I originally got into climate action through being involved in a variety of community-led initiatives. Um, And I'd say the biggest thing that kind of catalyzed my interest in this was being a part of Sea Life Kelly Talton's Ocean Youth Programme. Um, So Ocean Youth was an engaging program that was aimed at teens to get involved with marine conservation while also developing their own initiative. So a few of my friends and I created an initiative where we sold uh, reusable coffee cups to raise funds for Project Blue NZ, which were a group of um, rangatahi who made a film on plastic consumption and it's been shown around Aotearoa this year. Um, And we raised about a thousand funds for them and through that we had to do a variety of workshops on marine conservation and in all of them the topic of climate change kept getting brought in and while it was something I was aware of up until that point it wasn't something I would say I was invested in or knew too much about and the more and more I was involved in marine conservation I just kept seeing the importance of it and I've kind of done a a 180 and gone into the climate change route. Well, I'm really excited to hear all about um, what you've been up to in terms of the climate action space. But first, uh, we're going to listen to a song, uh, Morning Crystals by Marlon Williams from his most recent album, My Boy. Here 
Te whakarongo mai koe ki he puna korero, a podcast hosted by Goiko Waikato. That was Morning Crystals by Marlon Williams from his album that was released this month uh, called My Boy. As I said earlier, I'm joined here by Brianna Marvin, who um, is a Bachelor of Climate Change student. And also, you've got a very exciting climate action event coming up. Um, you're going to be running 100 kilometres in October um, to fundraise for Pacific Climate Warriors and the Sutai Ocean Fellowship. Uh, would you like to share a bit more about why you're doing this and how you came to choose um, the groups such as Pacific Climate Warriors and the Sutai Ocean Fellowship? Yeah, definitely. So trail running has always been a big passion of mine. I ran my first half marathon when I was 14 and I've gone on to do marathons and a 50k by the time I was 18. Um, so I set myself the goal of doing an 100k before I turned 21. Um, and while I feel like that in itself is a bit of a, a challenge, I really wanted something to push me to do it as well as a meaningful, um, I guess, fundraiser or something to go alongside it to really push me to reach my goal. 
Um, so obviously studying with climate change, um, we learn a lot about different vulnerabilities, different people that are vulnerable to climate change. Um, and I read this article today that was talking about the Pacific Islands being described as vulnerable places. Um, so is it okay if I just read out a quote from it? Oh, for sure. That'd be great. Yeah. 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 Um, so it says, while the Pacific Islands are often described as highly vulnerable to climate change and lacking adaptation options, such descriptions disregard the way in which Pacific Islanders are leading climate action and combining their own systems of knowledge with Western science to implement locally relevant climate solutions. Um, so I think that's a really important part with my whole fundraiser is acknowledging that while the Pacific Islands themselves might be vulnerable to climate change, Pacific Islanders aren't and they're leading the climate action around climate change. So that was really important to me to, I guess, highlight organisations that are already taking really important climate action and making meaningful change within their own communities. 100%. And actually that's um, a theme that is expressed throughout all Indigenous populations. And as an Indigenous person myself, it's actually quite empowering to see how that connection is is, is global. Like I went last uh, week, I went to go see The Territory, the movie about um, what Indigenous peoples who reside in the Amazon are doing um, to protect their home from forces such as capitalism and those wanting to um, come in and deforest it, essentially. So... Um, yeah, I guess, do you want to share a bit more specifically about what Pacific Climate Warriors do and what the Sutai Ocean Fellowship does? Um, for sure. The Pacific Climate Warriors are a group spread all around the Pacific region and they really focus on empowering young people to understand the issue of climate change and then to take action to enrich their islands, cultures and oceans and protect them from climate change. And I think a really important aspect of what they do is they highlight just climate solutions and they all... It's all about um, leadership from the communities and having action taken that the community are actually pushing for. Um, and then alongside with the Sutai Ocean Fellowship, it's a um, fellowship dedicated to Pacifica women that are going to make change within um, their communities through ocean protection, like Sutai herself that the um, fellowship was named after. Yeah, Sue Tyer's work in protecting the ocean environment is, is critical and a real important example for um, climate activists on how we should lead this movement. So I've been thinking a lot about how important it is for people to understand how broad climate action is and how important it is to integrate climate action with your passions. Like, we need people who are doing climate action through art or through the work that they do. Like, because it's such an important issue, we are able to integrate that. So... I mean, for you, it's integrating a love of trail running with, with fundraising, which is so awesome. And I, I didn't spend enough time acknowledging how crazy that is. Like, those are massive distances. Um, yeah, I've, I've, furthest I've run is like 15K, and I think that's I'm maxing out Pretty there. impressive. Thank Still, you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you probably do that every, on a, every Tuesday or something. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I guess are there any other ways that you integrate climate action with your passions or, like, any other projects that you're working on? Um, yeah, currently I'm trying to facilitate um, rangataki-led art exhibitions within the Waikato region. Um, I think, like you said earlier, like people telling the story of climate action through art is super important. Like I feel like that's something that really connects with a lot of people. Um, and I feel like there's so much we hear from climate science 
and it's so important like it's it's why we know so much about it um but for really getting people to care about the issue of climate change especially when we're not seeing it in our own backyard or everyday lives i feel like um art is a really way good way to pull on people's heartstrings and make them care a lot more about an issue that they otherwise might not just if they don't have time in their life to really consider it yeah that's right and art has always been at the the forefront of social change um Perhaps the most important question that I can ask you is how how can people support you um, with your fundraising that you're doing? Yeah, so um, I'm not the kind of person that's very good at asking for support or donations or anything like that. It doesn't come easily to me. But I'd say the biggest thing I really want to get out of the fundraiser is the amplification of the organisations I'm raising funds for. So if anyone wants to learn more about the Pacific Climate Warriors or the Sutai Ocean Fellowship, I really, really recommend you go check them out on Instagram, on YouTube. They've all got sources on both those platforms, maybe even LinkedIn. Um, and really get to learn more about what they do. And I also have a GoFundMe called Breeze100K Run, as well as an Instagram with the same username. Uh, so if anyone wants to be able to donate to my cause to support me to run the 100k I'd really appreciate that but I'd say at the forefront of all this just really finding ways to amplify the chosen organizations oh that's awesome Uh, now you've suggested a song for us which is uh, Laps Around the Sun by Ziggy Alberts which we will listen to now do you see the ways we've grown apart I don't like it at all do you see the ways that we're going too far Drifting off of our course And do you see the ways that we let plastic cover the ocean like snow But snow it always melts with the seasons change And the summers up the months go water One was all before Oh, how much is left to burn <laughs> Lately I've been worried I don't know where to it is that I do alone Lately I've been too busy to smell the bottle brushes Chasing laps around the sun And I sat here and cried So running from my eyes Wondering how the fuck will I end up with you And you just laugh and smile, shake your head and remind me that all good things can come true. Oh, how much is left to learn. Do you see the ways we've gone too far? We need now more than ever before. To come together, put our differences apart Stop drifting off of our course Do you see the ways that we need our reefs Just like a trees along the shore And if it knows to help the half of what we're breathing For ourselves out of sight And on the ocean floor Oh, how much is left to learn And I sat here and cried, so running from 
A podcast hosted by Goiko Waikato. That was Laps Around the Sun by Ziggy Alberts. Um, Bree, do you want to talk to us a bit about why you chose that song for today? Um, yeah, for sure. I feel like Ziggy Alberts is more just one of my favorite summer artists. He's just got very chill folk music. It's nice to listen to over summer. But also going off that, he's a very um, environmentally conscious person and a lot of his songs kind of focus around environmental activism um, as well as just talking about the way we should be treating our planet. Um, So I feel like that song really highlights the way that we may have gone wrong on our connection with looking after our earth and the way we treat her and then kind of looking at where we could go or like how much more we have to learn. Yeah, that's really nice. I actually did a few podcast episodes um, breaking down music that was connected to climate action, so I can't believe I missed out on on that one there. Um, But I just when I get young people on the show, you know, being a young person involved in climate action myself, I often think it's important to talk about like um, your experience in that space. And you brought up before how um, it was just funny because I feel the same way about um, support and that being hard to ask for. Um, so I guess yeah, I'd be I was wondering if you wanted to talk more about your experience in climate action, being a young person, and maybe some of the barriers you faced um, trying to do the things that you're doing, like fundraising or studying or, um, yeah. Um, Yeah, for sure. I'd say my experience in climate action has been a bit different than most, or just my path has been very much my own, whereas... I feel like I haven't been to many climate action marches or which I really wish I have been. Um, And a lot of the work I've done through climate action has been quite isolating, which I'd say is probably the biggest barrier to it. I feel like when you're trying to go about and make change, um, it can be quite isolating until you find people kind of striving towards the same thing, which is why I'm very lucky to have met you and come and join some of the work you do. Um, But I'd say even like with my training for the 100K, I do almost, I'd say 99% of that alone. Um, A lot of the fundraising efforts, I've got people around me that support me, but a lot of it is driven by myself. Um, And I, yeah, it's just, as a young person, sometimes it's quite hard and it's easy to burn out over these kind of things because there's not always those support systems around you to just keep you pushing or to always see the hopeful side of things. But I feel like that's something that the Climate Action Hub does really well is they show um, show up with community and we also like show positive aspects of climate action and just really striving towards making change. So I feel like while it is a barrier, there's also so much just community and people out there that can really improve on that. Yeah, I had um, Lillian Balfour and Molly Huggin on Hipuna Corridor a few weeks back and, you know, they said the, the same thing, how isolating it can be. And that's something that I've um, experienced as well. It's certainly been like I've been 
I see what other people are doing, but it's not. It doesn't feel necessarily connected to my work or um, trying to ask for help and with what I'm doing has been really hard to come by. So that's very kind of you to say about the Climate Action Hub, but that, that is actually, it, well, it's really um, helpful for me to hear because that is the aim of it, to, to build community for systemic change, and that's why it's so important. Now, the other thing I wanted to talk about is um, here at Hipuna Kōrero, we've been talking about the role of the Waikato Regional Council and um, when it comes to climate action, we know that regional councils have a crucial role to play. Um, so I guess I wanted to talk about um, your experience engaging with the Waikato Regional Council as a young person. So you've moved here from to Waikato from Auckland. How long have you been in Waikato? Almost two years now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, have you had any experience with the Waikato Regional Council? Like, um, have you... Yeah, what's been your experience with the Waikato Regional Council since moving here? Um, yeah, for sure. So I've had, I'd say, very limited experience with the Waikato Regional Council, although I'd say my first introduction into them was actually at the Pat the Chambers event where we went to go listen to their decision on implementing a climate action plan, was it, for the, the Waikato region, um, which in itself was a very promising day, but there was also much left felt like could have been much more could have been said or been done um but for the most part i'd say i've also looked into applying for their climate and sustainability team as an internship for over summer so it is rewarding to see they are taking steps towards climate action and making these changes um but it does feel quite slow moving and i'd say prior to the pat the chambers event i had heard nothing about what they were doing for um, climate action and I don't know if that was just like a generational thing that I wasn't um, just hearing about what they were doing or if yeah just wasn't that aware yeah and um, as we know there's also local elections that are happening mm-hmm. and that's a, like another critical step for climate action making sure that the candidates that we elect to the council tables will be those who um, know about and can implement uh urgent effective climate action so uh, is this something that you're talking about with your friends or that your friends talk about with you or has it been um do you feel like this local elections people have been doing a good job with engaging with young people yeah yeah for sure i'd say the people running for the elections this year have been doing an amazing job of um working with young people and you know getting their wanting to take climate action and showing that um, and getting that out there but I'd say in regards to talking to my friends about it a lot of us aren't enrolled in the Hamilton electorate which I think is a bit bit shocking on our part with being able to be enrolled in both where we're from and the Hamilton electorate I feel like we should have pushed that a lot more and like committed to doing that Um, but I'd say this year especially looking both at my Auckland electorates because my um area in Auckland is Orake um, compared to Hamilton East here I'm much more hopeful about climate action here in Hamilton East than I am in Orake with the current candidates. Mm -hmm. Yeah that's right there was like national concern about getting Mm -hmm. uh, candidates across the board and and, and all the territorial authorities that exist so maybe because I mean that is a good point students do live more 
precariously like we don't necessarily have a stable primary place of residence and we move to and from like where we've come from if we've come from a different place to study for uni so I mean maybe that's a discussion both young people knowing how to do special votes because I know that's an it seems to be quite a complicated process Mm -hmm. do you have any ideas about how um, the Waikato Regional Council or local politics in general could be doing more to engage with young people especially around the issue of climate change yeah for sure I think even just being at events where young people will be just having that exposure is going to make such a difference and I feel like for the most part a lot of people do make the effort Um, but even you know facilitating events showing up at universities even seeing if they can organize a day where students or young people are going to schools um, and just engage with young people that way or social media is a huge thing I feel like if people use their platforms and they share their messages of climate action or whatever they stand for on there, people are really going to see what they're they're talking about and if they resonate with them, they're going to want to vote for them and they're going to be hopeful about change in their communities. Um, so I feel like the biggest thing for me is just seeing that exposure and knowing um, what people's, I guess, values are because that's a huge thing when voting is like, do I resonate with this person and what they'd bring to my community? Um but yeah, I'd say that's just the biggest thing for me. One hundred percent, and there should be that expectation around political candidates to be engaging with the community and um, including young people, because we also know that when the earliest young uh, people vote, then like once you vote, you basically vote at every election. So, um, and so it's about getting young people to vote and start voting earlier, and the. Um, easiest way to do that is to engage with them on the political issues that matter to them. So, um, yeah, do you want to talk again, um, just reiterate how people can support your run? Yep, yep, for sure. Um, I'd say biggest thing, support the organisations I'm I'm going for. I know I keep saying that. Um, but follow my Instagram at breeze100krun, donate to my fundraiser, share it with people. I totally understand if people aren't in the financial situation to donate. Um, but if you know anyone that would be interested in donating, um, please feel free to share that with them and just spread the word of what I'm doing, really. Yeah, and you, and you are doing incredible work. So, Bree, thank you so much for coming in today um, and for doing everything that you do. Uh, is there anything else you would like to share on this podcast? Um, I guess just that I'm really excited about the state of climate action, particularly within the Waikato. I think particularly this year, um, I've been able to be a bit more immersed in it, and I think everyone should be very, very excited about what's to come here, and it's making me very, very hopeful for the future. Kia ora, that was Bree Marvin. Hipuna Kōrero is a podcast hosted by Goiko Waikato. We are a not-for-profit environment hub with biodiversity, kai, transport and enterprise projects you can find out more about on our website, goeco.org.nz, or social media, Goeco Waikato or Climate Action Hub. You'll find us at 188 Street, Frankton, Kirikiriroa. Join us again next week for a new episode, but make sure you follow or subscribe to Hepuna Kōrero on your favourite podcast platform so you don't miss an episode. Kia pai tōra e
for more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices, or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.